And everybody, hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. The co-hostiest with the co-mostiest. Wow, look at yeah. you. I, wait a second. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I liked Those it so rhymed. much that I like sort of I sort of rolled with it. I was what? like, look at you go. Think yeah. of the clever things to say. Exactly. Yes. Here here's the real thing, I think, about the, this defining idea of me being the host and you being the co- the special guest. Oh, you <laughs> you just said it. I know. I almost stepped <laughs> right into a puddle of tears. Mm-hmm. Um is that in true form, like if you were on like a talk show, the the host of the show is not really depending on how you look at it like Jimmy Fallon is the host of the show yeah. but he has a guest and yeah. the guest is what the whole episode is about so like in proper form the, every episode of popcorn culture should be about you well my special guest you say that there's like normally 3 guests per episode of the tonight show and i do like to think that you bring out three different distinct personalities every single episode you think you have to in, you don't introduce me three times no no well of course yeah. not yeah i, mean, I don't yeah. do like a musical presentation or like do like a hey here's like five here's like here's the opening bit here's this brand new up-and-coming comedian he's gonna do five minutes on the tonight show it's gonna be great it's gonna be great Everyone no i just a think round that you of applause for jonathan carla what would be what would be all of your different personas that you deliver You've got the older brother persona for yeah. sure, like much more responsible, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. like Ben always does these ridiculous things. His antics. Ugh, this we, guy. We all know what they are. And when they happen, we all like nudge shoulders and we're like, look, he's doing it again. <laughs> there he there okay. it goes. So that's that's older brother Jay. Uh-huh. And of course, we've got like uh, Super Carlin Brothers co-host. Right. Jay, which yeah. is like we are our business relationship, you know, right. like of we, course. you know, we, we work together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's a friend from work. <laughs> Yes, and then uh, then we've got Giggles J, and then Giggles. Everybody likes those Giggles are my three J. personalities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, older I, brother, older brother, work associate, work associate, Giggles. <laughs> giggles. <laughs> like very. I mean, look at you right now. You got the Giggles that's happening. Oh boy, we got Giggles on stage, folks. That's right. That's me. That's that's Giggles Carlet over on, here on camera two. On camera, yeah. <laughs> Give hey. them that sparkling smile. Mm-hmm. Oh man! I'm sure, you guys, you guys could hear that smile from wherever you're sitting. They, oh, of course they did. Yeah. I mean, it was the the smile heard around the world. People, yeah. people in their cars or walking their dogs or like loading the dishwasher, whatever people do whilst yeah. listening. Like several days ago, they were like, "I feel like I just heard a smile." I think someone. So, uh, y'all have to let us know, little colonels. But I'm I'm imagining certainly some people are listening in their car. And they just heard the smile. Now, look, did you also notice the person in the car next to you look over when you heard the smile? Because they were that was them hearing that the same thing. Exactly. Wow. And the thing is, though, people are going to listen to this at different times. So this smile is going to be heard around the world like a lot. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) man. It really makes it cooler when you think of it like that. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your smile is just radiating through earwaves the yes, world over. Exactly. Most people think of smiles as like a visual medium. Not on this podcast. Not on this but You can hear us when we you smile. Can. Exactly. <laughs> when Jay giggles Carlin <laughs> steps up to the plate to, yeah, yeah. to deliver that shining smile. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay. So I feel like stepping into this week's episode, I had like a lot, a lot of stuff that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Uh, and actually one of them, I happened to me last week and I debated on bringing it up in after the final pop, which is like the Patreon exclusive, right? Like bonus bit. Yeah. Uh, and, and I decided that I was like, no, I'm going to wait and I'm going to, I'm going to deliver it uh pot, pot, 
Popcast main. So yeah. I've been holding on to the story. I've been wanting to tell you like all week. Oh, I actually feel like I've been like hesitant to, to tell anyone. This is like because you you do this sometimes when we do the movie reviews. That's exactly it's, what I was like, going to say. It's such a weird experience because back when movies were a thing, right? You yeah. would like you know it's like a big event at the Super Carlin Brothers office because it's like okay, like uh, this is a this is a new thing that we're all going to talk about. Yes, and we want everyone's opinion and we want everyone to be informed. So we like all go as a group and people bring like significant others and you know, it's, it's an like, occasion. It's yeah, an yeah. occasion. Yeah, like yeah. everybody's allowed to get like as much. Yeah. Snacks and drinks as they please. Right. You know, we talk about movies. Movies are a big deal. So we'll go. But then the point, of course, is so that everyone sees it so that we can discuss it. However, you and me in particular will do the review the next day yes. on camera. So we'll come out and everyone will sort of just be like, it's like you have to like trade thoughts about the movie without giving away at all how you felt about anything. Exactly. You, you in particular are very much like on the, I feel like on the, on the extreme end of just like, I'll just stare at the ground and pretend I don't have emotions. It's really weird yeah. for me <laughs> because I think, I think being someone who very much is an extrovert, very much likes being social it's really hard because I'm usually like stewing with thoughts mm -hmm. and it's like, I know that I know that the first time I deliver a thought process, it tends to be the most like succinct version of it. Right. And then typically what I'm trying to do in the future is then like recapture that lightning in a bottle. Right. Where it's like, I said, it's so good the first time. Like, and, and a lot of times I will like, it will come out so organically and naturally that when you when you try to recreate it, you're trying. It's like the hardest thing in the world to do. It's not like a prepared bit. It's not rehearsed or anything like that. It's just when when your thoughts come out of you the first time in one in one good go. It's always, so, it's always better live. It's always better live. You know, that's yeah. what I learned from uh, Harlem Globetrotter Buckets Blakes once upon a time. Tell me about that. Well, I will, Ben. So part of my old job was that every now and then, like um, to promote an upcoming show. At the venue. Hold on, would, his name was Buckets Blakes. Yep. Yeah, well, all the Globetrotters have really fun names like that. But real, that's his real name, as I, I assume his real name is Buckets Blakes. Blakes plural. <laughs> Buckets. I'm pretty sure it was Buckets Blakes. I think it was plural. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't think it was Buckets Blake. Maybe. I don't know. Buckets Blake. Buckets, anyway. Uh, so the shows would often sound like an advance ambassador, and this person's whole job with the show is to be like, two weeks ahead of the show to arrive in the city and to like do a little press tour and sure. like promote it coming up. So go and be like on the morning shows and exactly. like spin the ball on your finger and stuff like that. Exactly. So okay. Okay. my part of my job was scheduling said press tour. Okay. And you know, they'd be like, Hey, we're, we're sending it boy. Uh, every, and the, the most consistent show that did this was the Globetrotters. Okay. And year after year, they would send buckets ahead buckets, of time. So, you know, bikes. once once a year, I would have to go pick him up from his hotel at like four in the morning because, you know, one of the one of the news outlets was like, yeah, we got to go. Let's go. And then I would drive him out to the radio station. The TV stations wouldn't be everywhere. We'd go get chicken and waffles somewhere. Not somewhere. We'd go to Thelma's because there weren't that many breakfast places open in downtown Roanoke. Sure. It was always the same place. <laughs> Dude, Thelma's chicken and waffles was like my spot yeah. for a solid two years of my life. It was so good. It and was so good. It's completely gone. It's completely gone. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. never to be had again. The the lone chicken and waffles place in Roanoke that I'm aware of. But anyway, the first stop was always 
the 4 a.m. like morning news segment where you have like three or four times where they would cut away to the live reporter. And, you know, we'd always have to like book a gymnasium as well. Oh, so that right, he could, okay. you know, do stuff because it was like a basketball thing. Right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, he'd be sitting there and in between like segments, he'd just be sitting, you know, uh, warming up or shooting baskets or something. And they'd be like, all right, what are you, what are you going to try? And he'd be like, I think I'm going to I think I'm going to try and hit a hit a half court shot when you come back. And you're like, well, that's great. But you're only going to have one shot at it. Like, are you going to make it like? Which is like, you know, the Globetrotters whole shtick is like, yes, they're going to make it. Right. They're going to stand in the stands and they're going to huck a ball live in front of everyone and they're going to make it in the hoop. And and you're going to be like, how, how'd you do that? And so he'd be sitting there and they'd shoot, you know, he'd shoot two or three and like none, none would go in and you'd be like, do you want to keep going until you make one? And be like, nah, it's always, I'll get, I'll get it once the camera's on. It's always better live. And he'd be like, okay, okay. But sure enough. As soon as the camera was rolling, they'd be like, let's head over buckets. What are you going to do? He's like, I'm going to hit this right here. And he'd nail it every time. What? Like beyond half court most of the time, too. And he'd be like, dude, that was awesome. I that was cool. Uh, it's so, always better live. Always better live. So. Man. Okay. And I've heard you. I've heard you talk this this like phrase before. So it used to be the case when we were really big into rock climbing that we, like when you're working on a problem, yeah. a route mm-hmm. that's, it's usually called projecting. And so you're like projecting like your, your, your thing. Yeah. And I remember very early on, there was this unbelievably cool, like a huge shout out to river rock, rock climbing and Roanoke, Virginia, because they, they put up really fun things for you to climb yeah. and they change them a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very well managed gym, but very early the, the first V three I ever did which is like as you're as you're going up in difficulty, there's what like VB, V zero, one, two, three, four, yeah. five, six, whatever, and so on. I, this had this had probably been like a month of climbing in, two months of climbing, and I was going and trying to do this V three, and it was like you would literally run up to the to the wall, and they had these like two big rocks mounted like at ankle level. Do you remember this problem? I do. Yeah, the, and, were they like the tiki face rocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were like little faces, and so you would have to like step, step, and then jump through the air and literally grab these two almost like angled grips. And it yeah. was like th- that was the that was the the crux of the problem. That's like what made it really cool mm-hmm. was like step, step, jump, grab. Yeah. And then you're like sort of like swinging out in open air. And I remember I was like working on it for, I mean, I don't know, 30, 40 attempts or something like that. Yeah. And what I really wanted because I can I could make the grab. I just couldn't quite finish the rest of the problem. I was like, ah, this would be a cool Instagram post either way. Just like me catching it. Yeah. And so I was like, Jay, just record it for me so that like. I'll, I'll just make it look cool and people won't know that I technically fit it, didn't finish it. Right. Uh, if you do the, if you do the run stair, step jump, that just looks impressive. It just looks impressive. Yeah. 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 Weirdly so. was not the hard part. It, we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. In the right, end. Right. The, the, I guess the last finishing move is what really made it the, the trick there. But I remember you like started filming and it was like, all right, boom, grabbed it, like swinging through the air, threw my foot up. And it was just like, bam, done. Like I did it. And it was like, what? Did the whole thing. Did the whole thing. Like, oh. I came up and I got it on camera. Like, the first time I ever climbed a V3 mm-hmm. uh, and, and got it. It's on my Instagram somewhere, I think. So if anybody wants to, like, really dig through and uh, and, and find that video, it does it does exist out there. There it is. Um, but, yeah, so it's always better live. Always better it's, live, man. And it's always you, better live. You said that that day. You oh, did. I said that yeah, that yeah, day? Yeah. I think well, it might even be in the video, you saying, it's always better live. Like, uh, like sort of like in the funny. background. That's funny. Um, I think I, ex- I, it, 
it's possible there exists a photo of me in buckets over on the Instagram as well. I know it's on my Facebook somewhere, but Ooh, okay. maybe we'll okay. dig that up for the for the pop. There you go. For the Reddit yeah. or the, the Patreon or something. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the story that I wanted to tell last week, though. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Which how long did it take us? About 15 minutes to yeah, get there. Yeah, we'll get, yeah, it's fine. We'll get there. I had this experience just recently where I legitimately tried to see the future. Okay. I'm very, I have many questions. Yeah, this was, okay. So first thing was like, it never occurred to me that I had never really tried to see the future before. It was like, (laughs) it's like one of those things where it's like, you you kind of assume you can't do it rightfully. So, well, well, I'm going to, I'll just like hold a finger up here and we'll come back to it. We'll come back to that finger. Yeah. Okay. So that, that was the thing that was like, when was the last time you ever legitimately attempted and like believed like, what if I could? Like, what would I see if, like, if I really focused and, like, like put energy and effort into this idea of seeing the future? This is, this is, I'm sure you'll understand this reference. This is, like, a, a name of the wind problem. This is, like, yeah, focusing your ailer, basically, right? Yeah, That's right, exactly right, right. what it is. It's, like, if you, if I could just believe that when I jumped, I would fly, I feel certain I would. Exactly. But, but. It's impossible. Right, right, right. You can't, you can't bring yourself to believe it's not true. It's such a laughable thing. It's also, that's also not true. Don't, don't, please don't try that. <laughs> right, right, right. Please don't try and fly. The situation that I'm in, let me, let me paint you the, the, because there was a rather specific set of circumstances that I think allowed for this to happen. Okay. So, yeah. How did you go about trying to legit see the future? Okay. Well, it all started with mirrors. Okay. I know, I know, right? So if you stare hard enough into a mirror, no, I'm kidding. That's not what it was, but it was mirrors. So, um, Alice owns, my wife owns a bridal shop and there was a local bridal shop that had gone out of business a few years back. And the woman who had owned it, they were like, you know, they know each other from both being in the industry in the local area yeah. and all that. So cross paths and she had sold the building and she was just wanting to move the last major bits of stuff out of that previous building and it was stuff that Alice could use because a lot of it's like big unwieldy stuff that you wouldn't just go to the store and buy. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of those things was extremely large mirrors. And so she was like, hey, could you come by? So I've actually got these suction cups that I use for moving aquariums. They're like these really super industrious. They can each hold like 200 pounds a piece, but they will like suction onto a perfectly like flat surface and then you can like carry stuff. Um, That's how you were carrying the mirror with multiple suction cups? With multiple suction cups. That, That frightens me just you saying it I, it was it was very very nerve-wracking to me it seems like i know the suction cups you're talking about and it seems to me that you could like suction them down hard enough that they would just pull the glass away from itself oh what and, like, an interesting thought and, like fracture beneath the cup i am so glad i didn't think about that it um, also seems to me that if you had multiple you could easily like warp the glass as you were well so what walking. i would do and let me tell you ben if i have one phobia in life it is broken glass really it is not for me i it like it makes me like shake and this would this i could not have helped you with this task interesting yeah. i could i did not know that oh, i did not know that at all yeah I, it's um, only it's like suddenly developed somewhere in like my adult life like i don't think like but man it just freaks me out interesting yeah. well yeah. So it's, I mean, it's kind of fascinating for a couple of reasons. One, these are like commercial grade mirrors. They're like very big, very thick. They're made and they're very heavy yeah. as a result too. So uh, there, there was a part of me that had like some concerns over just moving such a large thing, but um, 
it ultimately ended up being fine. But I was also reassured because several years ago we were making a an ad for a Super Carlin Brothers video for a Dollar Shave Club promotion. Yeah, I think is what it was. And I was like, especially so early on, this was like one of these things where I was like, I had such old school like business thinking where I was like, dude, whenever we get brand deals, like we are going to go so far above and beyond. We're going to have like a reputation that like if you work with us, then mm-hmm. we deliver like the most action packed over the top product ever. And it, we're going to like, like people will see us at conferences and be like, Oh yeah, those guys, like that's their thing. Like they're really good <laughs> at that. And I think it was just like, I, more than anything, I would think I was really, really excited to uh, get a brand deal. Uh, Cause that's like a huge milestone early on. And like just your YouTube career it's is very exciting. Yeah. Like what I'm going to get, Wow, really? You want me? Right. And yeah. it was Dollar Shave Club, which was a company that, like, I remember when they first released this, it was like a very <clears throat> satirical, like, advertisement for their company where, like, you had this guy walking through the warehouse and he was like, buy our razors. Are they good? Nope. But they're cheap. And, like, that was, like, the whole thing. And I was like, I'm in. Like, <laughs> I love the fact that you address that your product isn't perfect, but it was like, there, there was, like, some other bene- you know, benefit to working with them. And so when they reached out, I was really excited. And so we had our drone at the time and I was like, okay, it snowed last night and we're right next to a river. So like, I want to do this like ultra cinematic, like, you know, 4k widescreen, like sweeping shot of like the snow banks and slow motion and everything. And then you're going to like walk up to me on the edge of the river and like flannel and a beanie. And I'm going to be like shaving with a broken shard of mirror, like underneath a bridge. And it's yeah. just supposed to be like cool and rustic well, and shaving like, with the razor looking in a broken mirror that's the one not not rubbing the broken glass not, on your yeah, face yeah no yeah. no no okay. but for extreme clarity <laughs> yeah we'll make we'll make that known so anyway like i had the mirror idea in my head so early on like it would be like so rustic to have this piece of scrap of mirror or whatever yeah. and so i was like man well where do i get a mirror and i had literally when i moved into my house i had tried to kind of half-heartedly put a home gym in my basement and so i literally just went and stole one of the mirror not stole it was mine uh, i literally just took it off of the wall in the basement and put it in the back of my truck and i rolled it out there and i was like okay i'm just gonna like literally break this mirror okay. in my truck bed yeah and so i remember like leaning it up against the the wheel well and like i jumped on it and it did not break that is unbelievable i know i know and i word of warning don't try to break mirrors just for again you know safety yeah um, you'll create broken glass hundred percent if you break a mirror yes yes so anyway i was like i mean i remember like being out there in like boots and my flannel and everything and i was like i did not expect breaking glass to be the difficult part of this day right and i was also afraid if i like stepped on it too hard and it like popped it could like conceivably cut me oh yeah i mean uh, what i'm imagining is there's like of course you'll have the big pieces which are a danger for actually slicing you but then there's also to me like very very tiny sharp pieces of glass that basically become dust and float up in the air and could get in your eyes all sorts of stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so finally though i i like give it like a a hearty stomp and it's almost like a knowing strength kind of thing i almost feel like it's like punching through a board it's like you could punch a board and it would hurt your fist and then you can punch with the intent of punching through the board and it will break mm-hmm. and it's like it's like literally that like mental 
gymnastics of yeah. like knowing again, almost like we're about to say, like being able to see the future. Like you have to literally believe your hand is going to go through it and then you will punch with the appropriate whatever. I have no idea how karate works. That's how I imagine it. So don't try to punch through boards. <laughs> I, I, always, I, I'm pr- I don't think I think when you're in karate, the boards you break are like specifically... Like made for tailored for karate karate yeah okay, okay. Well, i, I don't think that. they're just like going to lowe's and being like let me pick up a couple of two by fours for my eight-year-olds i would here. not have thought they were two by fours that i would have also th- yeah, yeah I, I would have thought like maybe like one inch thick boards and yeah. of of an appropriate length to where the the structural integrity at the middle with the proper amount of force would would snap yeah and i could be totally wrong maybe they are just regular non-tailored pieces of woods and or brick or whatever they're punching. Someone will let us know. Someone, no doubt. Someone definitely listening is a karate practitioner. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, though, so I'm in the I'm in my truck bed stomping on this mirror. Finally, it breaks. And I'm like, I cannot believe how difficult it was to break this mirror. Yeah. And <clears throat> as fate would have it, I got food poisoning that night. Did you really? I, I literally did. As per the superstition? As per the superstition that you will have seven years of bad luck, which I am. I think I still have like three years left of, maybe four. So, yeah, it's been, a hard, it's been a hard haul. But it was worth it for that $1 Shave Club commercial that uh, did not get re-upped after the fact. It was very impressively cinematic, if I it recall. Was. I, I was. Yeah. I was really like strangely proud of it. Most of the videos that we do for super Carlin brothers, we are sitting in our chair. Yeah. So from like a, a, like a, like visual storytelling standpoint, that's not really like the, like the feet of our channel. So yeah. th- to me, this was cool because I thought I created something that like looked cool. And yeah. I was, I was very proud of that, which it was just funny to me that it happened to be a brand deal. But anyway, so all of that to say I was reasonably assured that the that these mirrors weren't going to break but they as much as i've talked about mirrors now they played very small role other than putting me in the right place at the right time to meet the woman who was selling the building whose new business prior was owning this bridal shop now runs a sensory deprivation tank company in roanoke virginia okay okay so we're there we're so there. we're there. I know. I want to start with mirrors because I felt like mirrors and seeing into the future. I thought you were going to have some sort of like if you line up enough mirrors, you can like see like around the corner of time or something. Oh, I tried that too. It didn't yeah, work. That didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> While we're there, she's telling us about these sensory deprivation tanks, which I don't know if you've ever seen like Daredevil the movie uh, with Ben Affleck and with, Jennifer Garner. That's the one. Oh yeah, for sure. He like sleeps in like one of these tanks. They're like um, very high salt content so like the dead sea is the same way like if you were like to go and run and jump in the dead sea like you would float like immediately to the surface like you would Mm -hmm. you would be stuck on the surface of the water um and i think it's also in stranger things there's a moment where they like put her into like a swimming pool in the middle of a gymnasium yeah and all the all the salts in there so anyway uh this this company though they've got these like sensory deprivation tanks and when you go inside of it the whole idea is it's supposed to be like a very meditative experience uh and it was actually i she told us about it and i was like well i'm definitely gonna sign up for that because that sounds so cool yeah and i couldn't actually believe that there was something like that in roanoke right uh and turns out there was and so ali made an appointment uh and we went and we did it and so while i'm like i'm like in this space that was really cool the whole thing like because you get in and like i like went to like lean back and i was like literally i had no idea what to expect about how this experience was going to go and it like immediately floated you like i I thought that i was gonna have to like maybe like focus because i can't float even in the ocean like Mm -hmm. um 
I think I'm just too bone dense or something like that. My legs always sink. Legs always sink. So I was like, wow. too much muscle. Too, way too much muscle. Muscle sinks. Exactly. That's that's my excuse. <laughs> that is that is. It's true. That's the thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But I, I guess it would be a, a the real brag there would be suggesting that you have so much more muscle. It that is a. It does sound like well, I'm too muscular to float. You ex- know exactly. <laughs> There's actually a fantastic movie that I'm obsessed with that has Ashton Kutcher in it, where he's learning to be a rescue swimmer. Uh, and there's a moment where they have to like tread water and like the big beefy guy who like bullied him about his bunk that morning is he can't tread water for an hour cause he's got so much muscle and he oh, starts cramping. I see. And that was, that was when I learned that lesson. I was like, okay, ha. Ha, look at that guy sucks to <laughs> suck. <laughs> Not really, but, um, no noble cause either way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Still traded to be a rescue diver. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he got kicked out, man. That oh, was he got it. kicked out. Yeah. Cause he couldn't do it. I see. So then Ashton Kutcher got the bunk. Wow. Yeah, I know. They called him Fish. It was awesome. They called him Fish. Because he was a... Isn't there... Is this... This isn't the same movie with Cuba Gooding Jr. becoming a rescue diver. Is there two movies about becoming a rescue? There probably could be. I know. Well, I think... I think there must be at least these two. Okay. I think this also... This had Kevin Costner in it. I do not think that it had Cuba Gooding Jr. in it. Kevin Costner. My least favorite act to ever come to my old place of employment. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys know that Kevin Costner, the actor, has a country western band? Well, he does. Man, I had to promote that show once upon a time. And the promoter for that show was like like the world's biggest Kevin Costner fan or something. Oh, my gosh. In their mind, every now and then you would come across promoters like this where like they were so like had such tunnel vision about the greatness of the show they were in charge of. Yeah. Like they could not fathom why it like the only reason it wasn't selling was because it was your fault. Right. And I was like, like here's the thing. Uh, people don't really care if Kevin, this is, and if, if it had sold out, I would, I would change my tune. But in general, it seemed like people did not really care that Kevin Costner had a band. You know, I think people maybe bought tickets cause they're like, Hey, I'll get to see that famous actor. Right. But right, right. I don't think most people are a fan of him in a musical way. Right. In not the same way the that they are. But that's, that's <laughs> the thing too, though. I've always wondered this about, uh, political candidates because I feel like that must be, such a thing is you're going and you're putting on these rallies and like everywhere you go there are like screaming fans who are so like you know holding signs with your names on it and stuff like it must become so easy to be like inundated with being surrounded all the time with people like screaming your name and being so excited for you and cheering at everything you say mm-hmm. only to like ultimately lose mm-hmm. and it just be like but there were all those people like I, I just spent the last so many months, like everybody like thinking I was so smart and cheering everything I said, and now I lost. How is that possible? Yeah, I, I have to imagine that's what happens. Like any any like reasonably close election or or not, I bet everyone thinks they've got it in the bag. I don't. I it's hard to say because they also have like constant polling numbers and stuff. That's coming true. in and out. That's true. Um, which maybe are like preparing them one way or the other. Well, and that, I think that's where spin comes into play. Yeah. It's always like, ah, but you know, like people don't always call in the polls or like, oh, you're ahead in the polls, but like, don't be too confident. Yeah. You know, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you one day when I ultimately run for political office mm. one day, we'll see. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>
Thanks. I'll vote for you. Oh, there I appreciate it. Yeah. That was Brother Jay. Oh, that was me. That, yeah. that was older Brother Jay. That, that was, was older that brother. person yeah, yeah, yeah. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. So anyway, I'm lying in this sensory deprivation tank, and there's all sorts of like there's it takes a long time because you you're incredibly self-aware if this is like your first time doing this particular thing, because you know that the objective is to try to have like really like deep thoughts or just like let your mind wander or for it to be like relaxing me being who I am. I was like very like purpose driven with like my experience was like, I need it to do. I need something to happen. Sounds Um, like the exact opposite of the approach you should be having. Maybe, maybe. But so I'm, I'm in there and like, I mean, it is like completely soundproof, completely pitch black. Uh, the temperature of the water is such that it like matches the temperature of the room and you. So you are neither like hot or cold. And are you so, even aware that you laid down in it then? Or are you like, I'm laying down. When am I even touching the water? Yes. I mean, that's sort of the thing is that, yeah, yeah it's like you're the whole idea is to like really not even know where the water stops and the and air starts. Begin. Exactly. Oh, I know. Pretty so deep It's stuff. like you may as well just be floating in space. May as well be floating in space. Right. No I sound. have to imagine that that's similar to how it is. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I actually did think about that while, <laughs> while yeah. I was doing it. But every once in a while, I would like kind of like sideways float and touch the wall. And you would and it would be like interesting how abrupt when everything else has been taken away. If you like brush the wall, like with your shoulder or something, you're like, like you kind of rattled back to reality. Right. But the, the process of sort of like settling in and sort of like letting your brain calm down. Cause I was also very excited. Yeah. And so like, I think, I think it was almost like I was expecting to like lay down and then like explosions of color or something start happening. Or <laughs> I have, I have no idea. Like I was like waiting. And of course it's like, it's entirely up to you and your brain to see what right. happens. That's I imagine also it's just absolute pitch darkness. Absolute pitch darkness. Cannot yeah. see anything. Gotcha. And so like as, as I'm like laying there though, it's almost like, uh, like if you ever have like a floater go across your vision where there's like that, like little, yeah. like whatever. And you like try to look at it and it sort of like keeps scooting just outside of your vision. Um, I was having these moments where like I was seeing like pops of color actually come up in front of like my either closed eyes or open. Actually, it, was, it gets very difficult to tell. Do you remember that from caving? Uh, I do remember that from caving because we went camping inside of a cave once and similar it's definitely cold. Well, it's like always like 58 degrees or something. It, yeah, there's like a steady like underground temperature. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, yeah, we went cave camping one time and the darkness is absolute. There is uh, no light whatsoever Complete. once you are underground. Yes. And uh, I remember at one point, like it, it is so dark to the point where you are. You can be unaware as to whether or not your eyes are open or closed. And I know because I was laying there and we were all just talking and all of a sudden, like I, uh, you responded to something. I responded to something someone said and everyone's reaction all of a sudden was like, Oh, John, you're awake. And I was like, I've been listening to this entire story. I've been awake the whole time. Right. And everyone, uh, roared in laughter at that because yes. apparently I'd been snoring for like 10 minutes or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was like, Oh wow. That was like, um, obviously I was asleep and I had no idea, but right. it was like, that's how it, it's hard to describe that kind of darkness. It is. It yeah. is. And, and that was, yeah, it was, that was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> it was like, you were so adamant that you were not asleep and it was like, yes, 1000% yeah. you were. Yeah. Um, Whew. 
It was really funny. But yeah, so same same exact thing. So like I'm sort of like laying there, eyes can't really tell if they're open, closed, whatever. And you're staring sort of just into the void. But like that would mean that every time something sort of came across my vision, it was like, well, I'm seeing something. So like, let me try to focus on whatever that is. And so it was, it really honestly went down like a variety of different, like very weird, trippy pathways. Oh, it sounds like it. Where it, it was kind of like, I don't know, like you'd be like looking at something and then all of a sudden, and of course this is probably my imagination basically being able to like build out what I was wanting to see because there was nothing there to like disturb just visualized imagination. So at first I felt like what I was literally seeing were like the neurons of my brain, like connected oh. where it was almost like, Oh my God, I'm looking at the inner workings right now. I'm your looking, eyes have turned around. They've turned around. <laughs> they have like, they're like seeing like instead of like, cause when you look around, you know, it's like, are you, are you really just taking in like infinite amounts of data that is then like constructing what your vision is seeing? And it was almost like, okay, okay. So if you're not seeing anything, maybe you can see like, the workshop back there, you know, uh-huh. all, all the computers where everything like the desk yeah. itself. The, I actually tried to organize my brain desk. Oh, wow. This was another thing that happened during this experience. So Interesting. if you ever watch the Super Carlo Brothers channel and the Jay versus Ben shows, you know that I, I frequently have this vision of an, a very unorganized desk where all of the information that I know is stored. Yeah. And it was like I tried to like walk into that room several times and like clean it up yeah and it was it was so funny how quickly it was like i would like pick up a piece of paper about anything and then my brain would just shoot straight down a thought about that for five minutes oh man and it was like yeah it sounds like a really fascinating experience anyway it was it was but basically after i start i stopped seeing my my own the neurons of my brain working um i started to that that was sort of like what and that's like when the thought started to occur to me it's like what if you actually tried to see the future? Like, like what if I just literally attempt to like just glimpse forward? And I feel like it sounds so ridiculous now, like saying it out loud. I've been so excited to tell you this no, story. No, this is and, like, I can tell this is like where the mind wanders when like completely free. Like yeah. what, what feels possible. Right. Right. And you were yeah. like extremely uninhibited by like anything, but in a, in a really clear way. So like, you know, I think that, like it, obviously through like drinking alcohol or something like that, you know, you would have like your inhibitions sort of like lowered and it might yeah. like change your behavior. Yeah. But this was like crystal clear thinking, but nothing really like boxing it in at all. Mm-hmm. And so that it was, it was just really interesting. And it, I would say that this was probably, it was a 75 minute float total. And I probably spent 20 minutes doing this very thing And it was, that was absolutely the period of time where I was like, I had like left the space, you know, like, like where I was, I'm going to chime in and say that I bet you have no idea how long you were. Oh, I, I, you know, it could have felt like 20 minutes. It could have been like 30 seconds could have been stretched because the other thing I learned from our caving camping is that pure darkness like this, especially if you were also purposely, uh, depriving yourself of other senses yeah. is that the passage of time becomes extremely difficult. Yeah. Which is maybe why you could see in the future. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. Cause time stood still or, and when time is flying. still or was flying. Yeah. Um, what is time? What? <laughs> um, but you know, you're absolutely right because yeah, 75 <clears throat> minutes and it was totally one of these things where like enough time had passed where I was like, they forgot to tell me, 
to leave. Like I'm, I'm going to like pop out and have been in here for like half the day. And they're going to be like, yeah, we're gonna have to charge you for like six sessions. <laughs> and I'm like, like, no, you forgot to get me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So sure enough, the, the timer went off and like a, like a very soft, gentle voice came on and said like, your float is now over. Uh-huh. And it was like, Ooh, okay. Okay. But yeah, so that was my very unusual, but like fascinating experience with just total sensory deprivation. Yeah, but wait, so wait, did you see the future? How was, how did it go? I don't think I saw it. What did you see? I don't even know how to describe it. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't think I could because it's, it's just, it felt so absurdly abstract and weird. And I think maybe a little matrixy, uh, where it felt, it felt a little bit, (laughs) it felt weird. Too much, too much conspiracy theory. Popcorn culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile, and it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a 
fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Also, I totally had this thing happen just here recently. I don't know if I've talked about this or not. I follow an Instagram account called Jerry News. Do you follow this? No. Okay. It's It just seems to be like uh, a rather, I would say for the most part, it feels like no nonsense type of news reporting. Uh, I'm sure there are people out there who are like, no nonsense. Are you kidding me? But it feels like it always keeps me up to date with like whatever might be like a, a top story, you yeah. know, something big happened. Um, but what, there was this thing that happened very recently where there, they posted something where I guess there was like some Canadian physicist or something or another determined that there was like a 50% chance that like we live in a simulation. Oh, and the whole idea is that like, it's more like, it's 50% because you can't prove that we don't. Uh, yeah, does that constitute 50%? Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. But so the, the, the news source reported like 50% chance that like we live in a simulation. And I was like, this is typically like a news source that like I, I actually consume. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that is interesting. And I, it was probably one of those things where I was giving it way more credit than I would if I was like reading a blog post and got to the bottom and there's all those clickbait articles like yeah. 10 actors you didn't know were dead. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm, I don't, I'm not interested. You know, usually it's like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. But so I, I remember I, I was like seeing this post and being like, huh, that's interesting. And I liked it. <laughs> like I like, liked the post. Oh boy. And it proceeded to, I could not believe the number of my friends who brought it up with me because they were like, Hey, I saw you like that post about living in a simulation. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe 
I can't believe you saw that I liked it. I know. I was like, I was like, I never like things. Like, I can't believe you even paid attention to it. And they were like, you never liked, and you liked that? Yeah, like, that, that makes it that worse. That makes it worse. And I was or like, better. oh man. Like, ended up being this whole thing where I was, I, I, was, I could, I could do no right. Maybe the simulation was like, he's onto us. I know, exactly. Get but like, maybe that that's track. part of like what makes the simulation interesting yeah. is like, you know, hey, we're watching this guy and he's slowly figuring it out, but like not quite fast enough. It'll be way more interesting to watch him. Like the thing is, if you're like in a matrix type situation or simulation, then you're just all, then we're all just in like sensory deprivation tank somewhere. Well, okay. So that's exactly what I was (laughs) seeing with my, my attempt to see, time travel was I was imagining so like you know in the matrix they're like all in these like pods yeah. and they're like hooked up to stuff and, and whatever batteries and stuff yeah exactly so I think that that was that was literally like where my brain went was like okay go to the source pod like wake up open your eyes oh, just wow. wake up so you like you like really like spent time thinking like trying to connect with a like a alternate reality of yourself yeah exactly interesting I know it was really really weird <laughs> That is really weird. Um, the, yeah, the whole the whole experience was was very odd, but it was also fascinating to me. Like, I just thought it was interesting. Like, I think I think stepping away from it, it it is like tickling to me. Just that that's what my brain did. Like, yeah, that's like, how it used you didn't that know time. where it was gonna go. Exactly, and that's what happened. And and yeah. so yeah, like I got in there and I was wanting these like bursts of colors or fireworks or like I don't know to solve some type of like problem that's been weighing on me in my life every day or something. And, and this is, this is what I got. <laughs> this is what you got. This is where you got. Well, did you, I mean, I, it's very much making me want to go try it. I've always wanted to try something like this. And now hearing your experience makes me curious where my mind would wander. I know. I know. I, I think you should do it. Cause then we could, then we could like circle back and hear about your experiences yeah. with it and like what, what you discovered. I, I will or, definitely sign up and I'll have to report back. Okay. Now, let me just say though, like in terms, it's interesting like that predicting or seeing the future was like a, a thing you were attempting because of like the available superpowers, you know, that you might think of like predicting the future is one that we are already like, like maybe not seeing the future in like a, like a superpower magic sci-fi sense of the word, but like predicting the future, something humans are pretty good at. Like if you are unable to like, you know, by using data, by using like just your own experience oh, or sure. yeah, data yeah, yeah. or something like that. Like, right. you know, like if I, if I held a ball out here and let go, you can very easily predict what's going to happen. It's going to fall to the floor. It's going to fall to the floor. Right. And like, that is a form of predicting the future. And like, okay. when you watch the weather every day, it's like, that's all they're doing is trying to predict the future. Right. You know, and with fair, fair accuracy. Right. Well, I woke up to snow this morning. I didn't know that was going to happen, but. Right, right, right. Yeah. I wouldn't have known if I didn't talk to dad on the phone yesterday who had talked to his dad who lives in New York and called our dad to say, hey, you got snow coming tonight. Cause he likes to check our weather, which yeah. I think is just the sweetest thing ever. <laughs> um, but so I, I think that maybe the difference was w- with this particular situation is that it wasn't that I was like trying to predict the future. What I was literally attempting to do was see the future. Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought like maybe if you tried hard enough, you could like see something and it would almost be like, you would still have to have the added layer of, Cause there's, there's like, you could have dreams all the time, which are yeah. experiences that maybe you didn't have mm-hmm. that you can like concoct an entire vision of. Yeah. But that, that's not the same as like seeing the future. It's just your brain's ability to tell you a story when you're asleep. Yeah. And this would almost be like trying to navigate something like that, like see something and then also have 
enough trust in what just happened to believe that what you didn't just see was like a daydream and what you saw was in fact the future itself. It's like, it's like, well, how would, so people experience deja vu every now and then. Sure. Right. But glitch in the matrix, glitch in the matrix as it were. But it's always, it's to me, the explanation for deja vu is always so interesting because when it's like the act of experiencing it is like you remembering that you saw this future like in a dream or something. Okay. Like, like if you were to, that's the explanation for deja vu. No, no, no. Okay. That's, okay. that's like what the experience is like. Sure. Like whenever, if I ever experienced deja vu, it like feels like something will happen and I'll be like, <gasps> and I'll like, my brain will suddenly remember having already seen that happening. Right. But like only in the moment am I capable of remembering that I saw it. It wasn't like, at some point, I'm going to see someone like close that door in just this way. Right. But like right, right. what's really happening is it's almost as if your brain like is filing the same memory twice. But once was like last Monday in your Google history browser. But you're filing it there, even though it didn't happen there. Oh, sure. And all of sure. a sudden you're like, oh, my God, I thought about it then. But it's like, no, you didn't. You're just thinking about it twice right now. And you're like you, you like filed a memory. You filed the present as a memory. And now you're remembering it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, right. something like that. I no, think that's uh, yeah. how deja vu works. Well, I, or it's I, a simulation. <laughs> or it's a simulation. I know. Well, I, I think this is, I, I think I just get fascinated. Maybe at some point in my life I'll have to like write a book or something like with this, this idea in mind. But mostly what I, I tend to think about when I think about the potential for something like this would almost be like if you were watching uh, like a person in a completely black room where there is a doorknob somewhere that will like allow them to exit the room Mm -hmm. and you can see with like night vision everything that they're doing but they're legitimately like wandering around the dark so there'd be like these moments where you could like watch them get like within inches of the door Mm. and then walk completely in the wrong direction it's like they were like you know like something that they don't know, which right. is they were so close to it. Mm. Like they, they like almost brushed it. They almost touched it. Yeah. And I think that's, what's interesting to me about the, this whole thought process, like the, in a vacuum, I guess would be yeah. like, if someone's watching and like what, like if they were watching me in that moment, is there the potential that they were like, dude, he is right at the door right now. Yeah. He is so close. Mm-hmm. All he has to do is like, move slightly to the side right and he would touch the doorknob and it would be like <laughs> whoa that, who know. knows who knows it seems like more people would find it because like you're imagining you yourself alone in this room in the dark fumbling but certainly everyone on earth would be alone would be fumbling through the same void unless the whole the whole i, I or mean is everyone like individually in their own void Potentially, potentially, potentially. Yeah, well, I don't right? know. It still seems like someone would stumble upon it eventually. It, I mean, it does feel like it, except for the idea that I think in, in my analogy, you're in a tactile room with a tactile doorknob, which yeah. is something that like we understand. Yeah. Uh, and and maybe opening this doorknob goes a bit beyond our our fundamental understandings of how to exit a room man you're getting real deep on today's i'm sorry i'm sorry that's all right we can transition really hard into soulmates if you'd like oh man you know what before we do that uh we should tell people that uh we can talk about soulmates that sounds like fun (laughs) (laughs) okay but we should tell people about uh an offer we are running over at carlin brothers coffee 
right now. It is a coffee discount code. It's just by December 11th, B-Y-D-E-C-1-1. If you just use that code at checkout um, by December 11th, you will get 11% off your uh, entire Carlin Brothers coffee order and shipping uh, in the U.S. And it will ship. That's the last day to order before to make sure it ships by Christmas. Yeah, I actually love this this promotion because it's yeah. like it's so clever and a reminder in itself. It's like yes. by December 11th, you get 11% off yeah. and you'll make it by Christmas. Yes. Yeah. And the code is the reminder by the December 11th. Yeah. And and the discount and the discount and you get 11% off. So uh, there you go. That's a special code just for our listeners here on the pop. If you want Carlin Brothers coffee, uh, head over to carlinbrotherscoffee.com. Use promo code BYDEC11 by December 11th to get 11% off. There you go. There Nailed you go. it. All right, soulmates. Soulmates. Okay. So, yeah, switch, switching back into like a different uh, kind of philosophical wondering. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I feel perfectly fine talking about this, but it was actually, it was a bit of a tiff uh, with Alice and I over the, the past weekend because we had... <laughs> oh, boy. We, we, we had like kind of a big conversation about this, like where it, it came up and it was so interesting the number of different ways in which how each person, if different from one another, might interpret this information and then how many different ways that interpretation can then be taken Okay, if you follow that. So we were having a conversation and I think it was like literally... Um, just like we were, we were like eating dinner and I forget what had happened. It was, it was something super, super small. Uh, but it sparked this thought in my mind and like we started talking about soulmates and basically right off the cuff was the idea that I was like, no, I don't think I really like believe in soulmates. And Allie was like, I think I do believe in soulmates. Oh, and it was like, it was very interesting because right out of that gate, you had this situation where from Allie's perspective, it's like if she believes in soulmates, but the person that she's married to doesn't, then like, could your soulmate still be someone who doesn't believe in soulmates? Seems almost definitionally yes. Okay, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) You're already together. We're already together. (laughs) I know. I know. So that was like, that was like this whole thing though. But then, uh, so she sort of posed that question back at me. And then, so my reaction to it was like, well, I don't believe in soulmates, but now someone who does believe in soulmates who I am married to is questioning whether or not I am her soulmate. And even though I don't believe in soulmates, now I'm kind of worried. No, no, it doesn't sound like she would be questioning it like just because you don't believe in soulmates she would question it that you were her soulmate yeah well so i think that was the thing it's like could could soulmates have differing opinions on soulmates oh for sure okay I so. so i mean that's reassuring that's, that's, that's good that's to my, know that's my immediate take on it okay okay yeah. um but so that was that was this like it's, not to bring it back to the to the matrix to which the matrix. is just you know great this is actually the matrix reloaded but i always think about this one particular line from morpheus i think in the matrix reloaded where he's like in Zion talking to some council of real humans and they're trying to decide what to do about the invading machines or whatever. And they're like, freaking Morpheus, not everyone believes the same things you do. And he's like, my beliefs do not require them to. And I was like, oh, that's like the best line. I think about that all the time. It sticks with me. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Your beliefs do not require them to. And it's like, that's exactly what's happening here. It's like, you don't believe in soulmates, Ben? That doesn't matter. Alice's beliefs don't require you to. Right, right. Okay, I love yeah, that. Yeah. That was so good. Yeah. Wow, way to bring it full circle. Yeah, you know, I try. Hey. This is like when, I th- not. I do not like dipping into like religion or politics or anything in here, but when, like, if you're like 
if whatever religion you are, whatever you believe is the end game of your religion, like for you know Christianity or whatever, let's say Jesus returns, right? Yeah, right. If like if that's what you believe, like that that's what's going to happen, then when it happens, it will not matter whether or not people believed in it the whole time. Oh, right. It's happening. It's happening. It's right. happening. Yes. Like it's not going to be like no, I didn't. Mm, I don't believe this. It's like well, it's happening. <laughs> Here he is. <laughs> there's not going to be a big told you so fast. Yeah. There's not going to be a big told you so fast. Like right. Exactly. Like you're be- like so, so whether or not you think it's happening, if it happens, it didn't require you to believe it for it to happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yes. There you no. go. That's very interesting. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. But so that so we had this this whole conversation about it. I just thought it was interesting because my, I think sort of my take on it was. And I think this is like where I may have like romanticized the thought of soulmates mm-hmm. a little bit because it in my mind, like Ali and I both grew up in Roanoke, Virginia. Yeah. And so I think like in like it makes sense that we ultimately would have crossed paths yeah. in some capacity. Like statistically speaking, it wasn't that like complicated for that to ultimately happen, I think. But maybe. I mean, there are plenty of people who live in Roanoke who I've never met before. So mm. I would say, yeah, if you're I mean, the idea of soulmates always sounds like very it, it doesn't sound very romantic. Like there's someone on Earth. But like, yeah, realistically, the person on, on Earth who you're best suited to is probably someone with a very similar life experience as you. True. And the way to have the most similar experience is to have grown up in a very similar area and way. And so it's no surprise to me that many soulmates would be from the same area. Right, right. It's it, it's <laughs> almost when you put it like that, it's almost like the idea of like online shopping for clothes that fit you yeah. for the activity you're attempting to do. So yeah. like, you know, if I were to go to like uh, like an like a sporting goods website looking for like a mountain biking jersey, it would be like, okay, click activity, mountain bikes. Okay, click apparel. Click men's apparel. Mm-hmm. Click like mountain bike specific. Yeah. Click jerseys. Yeah. You know, and it's sort of like, is it fate that I ended up buying one that is specifically for that? Or is it, does it just make sense? Because those were my categories. Yeah. You, you're, I think you're describing more of a funnel than necessarily. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think, but I think that that the idea yeah. of the funnel would be <clears throat> the circumstances themselves yeah. that lead the two people to that catalyst moment. Yeah. Of. I think, yeah, I, 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 yes, I agree. And I think but when most people think about soulmates, what they're like, at least in my mind, the, the, like the very romantic vision of it is that like back, back when you were both just thoughts and ether and being created and sent to earth or whatever, sure. that you, 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 these two things were held right next to each other and thrown at complete random at the earth. And one of you landed in Nebraska and one of you was in India. And look at this. I know. Through the sheer power of love and chance, you have found your way back to each other. And and I think that's exactly it. I think that's like the, in my mind, and I think this is like, this is like movies impact on me and maybe uh, like a minimal amount of time spent really truly debating the idea of soulmates. Mm -hmm. But it was much more of this idea where it would be like, no, 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 it would need to be the case that I had traveled to the complete opposite side of the world and had gotten separated from my group by a chance situation, which led me to this place, you know, that I never should have been for any reason because it was never decided that I would go there and then whilst there is when you met the person is when you met the person right. and it's like it's like nothing I made no decisions that were supposed to bring me to this right. moment I think you're right this is exactly the effect of like yeah, romantic or like uh, movies and romance on 
TV and stuff like that. Cause what you're describing is like you, everyone wants to like be part of this narrative and it's very comforting to feel like destiny's in control or something. Right. And that you it's like such a unique, but it's like what you're describing. It's like, yeah, you know why you met someone on the one day you did something different is because you did something different right. and you broke your routine and exposed yourself to a different thing. It's like, it's not really that surprising. Right. You know, like when you break it down. Right, right, um, yeah. But but, <laughs> I, but also the narrative in your head, of course, is like very romantic. Like, wow, can you imagine if I had just like, if if I had, if my coffee maker had not spilled, I would not have had to spend an extra five minutes. I would have made it to the bus. I wouldn't have had to take that cab and the right. cab wouldn't have broken down. And I wouldn't have ended up on that street corner. And like this girl trips over me and now we're married. It's like, what? Like, oh my God. It's like, yes, exactly. But even even with you and Alice, who grew up in the exact same area, I bet you can make that narrative in your head. You even probably could. You were barreling toward each other your whole, lo- you know, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you know what I mean? I do know. What you, I, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, then then my question for you is: Do you believe in soulmates? Do I believe in soulmates? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily do. I definitely. I don't know. Like. It, I mean, being in a relationship is just like a lot of work sometimes, though, you know? Oh, I know. Yeah. You know, it's like it. I think it takes a lot of effort from both people, uh, especially over like the course of a lifetime if you're married. Right. So, oh, sorry, this is making it sound like, oh, man, being married to Beth is a lot of work. It's not. I love being married to Beth <laughs> and I love her with all of my heart. Spectacular save. <laughs> if you're listening, I love you so much. But I, I, uh, I, I will say this, that I often use this idea as like a springboard for like an unwritten book in my mind is the idea of soulmates okay let me explain to you the narrative of my unwritten book ben light on me okay so we're in the matrix we're in the (laughs) matrix basically no so in my in this uh scenario the way i like to romanticize the situation is that you have like your main character and whoever their significant other is okay and that it just so happens that these two people in the like in in my book, there's like a, a set number of universes, but it's like nearly infinite or whatever. OK, so it just so happens that this is the only instance of these two people meeting across every universe. I'm loving it so far, which is great, right? It's like yeah. unbelie- unbelievable. And as such, their child is singular within the entire multiverse. Ooh, you see what I mean? See even what more at, interesting. Which makes them very special and unique. And the, the child is the is like the, the John Connor of the situation. Like, we need to make sure this happens. Okay. Right? So, that's the, that's the situation. But then, over the course of the book, like, you would talk to, like, you know, the, the one, like, the person, the, the, the God character or whatever at the center who, like, could tell the main character, like, you look, this is important because in every other instance of your existence, you are married to someone, like, you ended up with someone else. Okay. And then this is where I think the book would be interesting because the our main character would know, like, throughout his own life, he would have had, he would have met all the women he typically marries in all the other okay. chances. So that would be, it'd be like, no, like, 10% of the time you marry this woman who you... Uh, dated in high school and you'd be like oh yeah I think. okay interesting it's like m- like 90% of the time it's this girl actually <laughs> and you're like oh wow like which then would like f- yeah, either fill that person with doubt or about like man if I normally end up with them maybe I should have been with them or something like that right that's right, my- right. oh that's anyway. really interesting <laughs> right yeah I, so, I mean, this could be like a romantic comedy easily. Right. Yeah. So this is my this is my unwritten romantic comedy out there. <laughs> I suppose. Loving it. Right. Fun scenario. I think it's very interesting. Yeah. 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 But but 
So that's, you know, how I like to imagine like soulmates, I guess. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. So like literally in every other situation. Right. Huh. Like you ended up with someone else, but not in this one. Not in this one. You ended up with your soulmate. The singular. The singular. Yeah. Ooh, good. Good title. Yeah. Right. <laughs> No, I've, I mean, I think that is I think that is endlessly fascinating. And I think that it uh, it, it kind of pairs nicely with this this like thinking that I always have, like, which is that there that there is data being collected on like literally everything yeah. about your life. Like if you were to ever review like any anything like I spend more time thinking about socks than you do and it could be like confirmed like oh it, it turns out Ben spends way more time do thinking you, about I socks do, I would, I'm curious to know if other people imagine like some sort of afterlife where you could review data endlessly about yes like yourself like do you do this? Do you think I, this I have imagined this sort of thing like yeah like oh uh, I remember I was watching the good place where like part of the afterlife for them was that they could sit there and watch themselves back like their whole life back okay or whatever i'm always like man i really hope that's not part of it <laughs> i know <laughs> like, i know I I, i've also imagined this like you're forced to immediately like rewatch everything that just happened or something right yeah who Although, knows man we're getting this is a really like metaphysical episode it really is <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a good title for it a very metaphysical episode <laughs> of the pop yeah Oh man! How do people imagine the afterlife? Yeah, everybody's gonna walk away from this episode just being mentally exhausted. Probably like, like going, yeah, like you just that. earned yourself a nap. Yeah, go and, go and lay down. I think you did. But no, it, it actually it's really funny because it's like there are. Uh, I, I think I've thought the same thing before though that like you might be able to go back and review things and I there are like things that I know in my life that I handled poorly or it would be like really cringy or difficult to like go back and like watch yourself make these like bad decisions yeah but it would be really very interesting to me to see if it's not much more clear how like so many more future decisions were determined by like individual moments mm -hmm. where it's like like even if there was a way to be like what was the most important moment of my life ah like you know if you and you could go back to it and it's like there was this moment right here yeah and it's like it could be like a seemingly innocuous thing or it could be like a you know, that day you lost your career job or something. And it's like, it's like, of course that makes sense. You right. know, it's like something really big, very big and pivotal. Right. But then like, what if it was, what if it was something small? Yeah. I don't and know. it was just like, I feel like this is the question that often the show, how I met your mother was like, try Like, I feel like the writers were fascinated by this idea. I think you're right. You know, yeah. they very often have scenarios where Ted's like one off left turn changes the course of his life. And he's like, or at least the Ted character is fixated on whether or not that would have changed the outcome. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> whether or not he found the yellow umbrella. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Who I don't knows? Know. I don't know. Crazy. Oh my gosh. Well, I think since we've covered such hard hitting stuff. Yeah. It seems like a really good time for a fun fact about coyotes. Whew. Let's hear it, Ben. Oh! oh my gosh. Actually, this one is maybe a fun fact about wolves as well. Okay. Uh, but there was, there was sort of an interesting thing that happened in Africa, uh, as it pertains to this particular subject. Yeah. But there are, um, there was a newly discovered African golden wolf and it was previously confused with the Eurasian 
African jackals because okay. they look extremely similar. Okay. And people just assumed that it was the same creature. Yeah, people not getting too close. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But they ended up doing genetic testing on it and they found out that despite the fact that it looked almost exactly like a golden jackal, it was genetically closer in relation to wolves and coyotes. Interesting. And it was the, um, let's see here. It was the, it increased the overall biodiversity of the Canada family from 35 living species to 36 and it was the first time something got added to this particular family in africa in over 150 years well that's crazy i know i was like huh man loving coyotes has brought like so many new wonderful discoveries into my life crazy and to africa and to africa (laughs) i'm so excited for them how fun how fun it i always wonder like You'll hear a lot of times about like an invasive species or something. Yes. Ending up like, you know, um, like lionfish, I think it's a good one right, right. now. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Right. Off the coast like of the Florida Keys. Spreading up the East Coast or whatever. Yep. But you, it always seems to me that it is something like, like a, like a, like a bug or a tiny fish or like an algae or something that is the invasive species. That comes in and takes over or whatever. Like it's something and, it's something highly prolific, but also small. Yes, something small. It's never like, man, what would happen if like you just had a I don't like I always wonder what if in the course of transporting like a hundred elephants or something in Nebraska, they just like, oh, that car just broke down and they're just in the wild now. And they're just like, like, like elephants. What, yeah, like if there's just like what if you just put elephants like what if you just put 300 elephants in Nebraska and just like, like, and just like, or wherever, you know? And she's like, and assuming they could survive, right? Like, and it wasn't just like, well, they just all died. Cause they weren't used to that. Like if they just immediately adapted and like could survive, it was like, huh? Well, now there's elephants here. Now, now we have like, elephants. How would that affect things? The, the North American elephants. Exactly. The North American elephants, whatever. It's, it's never some like big cunning creature. That's like, all of a sudden introduced in a new area. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Well, and I think that's interesting. Like, isn't it the case and correct me if I'm wrong that like, like grass, like we have in our yards is not native to North America. Oh, I in, think so. In any capacity. Right. And it's like been brought here, but now it's like, now it's everywhere. Now it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, which, which again, yeah, is a kind of a better example of something small and prolific right, rather exactly, than yeah, grass. Well, it's not very exciting. It's not like, although the great example of this, bringing it back to coyotes, is the wolves in uh, Yellowstone National Park. Which is fascinating. Fascinating how, because if you're unfamiliar with the story, at one point there were wolves in Yellowstone. Yes. And then they were like, let's get rid of these things. <laughs> They're dangerous. They're dangerous. Yeah. But the absence of them caused like other populations to explode. Like the elk, I think is what it is. Elk or some, some version of a deer. Some version of a deer to explode. And that caused like extra grazing. And then it like deteriorated the river structure. And it's like the absence of the wolves is affecting the shape of the river. And like that kind of thing like blows my mind. I'm like, how is, how really? Like though, how is the existence of wolves affecting the way the river flows. Like that is a real thing that happens and I cannot believe it. So they, I think they reintroduced the wolves eventually. And yeah, in fact, it started fixing the problems. Started fixing the problems. Unbelievable. So that, that's a case where there were, they were part of the natural order. They were removed. Bad things happened and then they were reintroduced. It's like, okay, back to balance. But what if you just put elephants in (laughs) Yellowstone (laughs) National Park? How does that affect things? What's that got to do with the size of an elephant in Nebraska? (laughs) 
Exactly. So, new catchphrase. Doesn't have to be elements. Could be like I always feel like in particular if you had some sort of like primate or something that could just sort of like just like a little bit more advanced squirrels, you know? Oh, you sure. Just, they, I feel like they could survive, probably not too bad. Like more of a grazer type of thing? Yeah, just like, just up in the trees. Right. You know? Right. It's just like a pack, like if there was just a pack of uh, just monkeys in Roanoke, just who knows? Well, I always thought that was interesting growing up, like that I always really enjoyed when I would go to the library in elementary school, getting out the, uh, like, books about wildlife yeah. like i would always be like oh a book on rhinos like i'm gonna go read about those mm-hmm. and i was always like man no interesting animals live in the united states except coyotes except, ki- well, except for coyotes let's be <laughs> oh, real but, like i wonder if that is true or if other places they just don't seem as interesting because they're they're because they're here right right, right. Like, yeah like if right. you live in right. africa you're like, like wolves and buffaloes and stuff that's so cool right yeah but that's the <laughs> other thing about i guess typically living in such a uh, a country that <gasps> is so large yeah. in size is that like yeah like buffaloes for example it's like we don't have buffaloes here. Yeah. Like where we live. Right. So yeah, like, yes, they are something that a huge portion of the United States is like notably connected to. Yeah. Like based on like their origins and everything. And, and they might be like on your coins or, yeah. you know, T-shirts, flags, whatever the case may be. But yeah, it's like we don't we don't have buffaloes here. Yeah. There's a zero chance of seeing a buffalo where we live. Right. Unless you go to like a petting zoo where you yeah. like drive through with like a like a bucket full of feed. And they come over and stick their head in the car. Right. Yes. That also blows my mind sometimes when I'm like, I know there is a there is such a place nearby where you can like just roll through and like, you know, feed giraffes. And it's like within like 50 miles of us, there's a giraffe. That is. You know what I mean? It's like, "Mm, that's weird. That always makes me think of like the like a zombie apocalypse type situation where you're just like out roaming and you're like. Was that a giraffe? That was his. Like that was a giraffe. That for was sure. a giraffe. One Something hundo. happened. The giraffes are out. They're just. They're just grow. They're, that's how you get North American giraffes. The Virginian giraffe. <laughs> exactly. One of my one of my all time favorite creatures. <laughs> because the truth of the matter is, within fifty miles of us, there is a giraffe. Yes. Okay. So I used to think about this. This was like. As a kid, I had this like bizarre <clears throat> spiritual connection. Not really. Uh, do you remember we had a there was a tiger. In the Mill Mountain Zoo. Oh, yeah. Ruby. Yeah. Ruby the Tiger. A zoo that is not two miles from us, I don't think. So, yeah, very close. And if you don't know anything about the Roanoke, Virginia, what one of the we're called the Star City because literally on top of the mountain right next to downtown is a gigantic star. Yeah. Like a huge lit star. So at like at night as you're driving on the highway, like you will see the star sitting up on top of the mountain. And that's like one of those things that I bet for people not from here when they come, it's like, whoa, a star. Cool thing. How neat is that? And it's like for us, it's like we literally driven past it. Thousands whole, of times. Our whole life. But I remember literally when we were kids, we used to come and see our dad for dinner every Friday night. And like as we would be like driving back to uh, the town we lived in at the time, I would be like as we were passing the star, I would always think about how the zoo is right up next to the star. And I was like, I would always be like trying to like mentally communicate with Ruby the tiger. Oh, like, I, like, I'd be like I'd be like, oh, Ruby's up there just walking around like there's a there's a tiger on that mountain right now there is a tiger right there yeah 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 like, and it, it was, exists it was something that like it was like i could <clears throat> not separate the star from the tiger in my thoughts yeah so it was like every time i was looking at the star i was thinking about ruby the tiger mm-hmm. and it was just like yeah it's like i would like look up at him like i'm basically looking at a tiger right now basically yeah so <laughs> anyway uh what a what a action-packed episode of the pop this week 
I feel like we covered all sorts of stuff. We have been all over the place. We have space, time, beyond, who knows? A little bit of everything, yeah. People are like, I'm unsubbing. <laughs> Um, but, uh, we do want to give a very special thank you, uh, to the people who do support us over on Patreon this week. We're going to give a special thanks to Siomara Morales, Samuel Lager, Yolo Gano, which I I don't think that I tried to look up the pronunciation on that Yolo Gano. Uh, I think that that might be more of like a username and and not like a name name, but I could be wrong. It's not like Yolagano. I don't know. I don't know, but if I, it literally came up. I try to look up pronunciations of names so that I get it right. Um, I don't always do that. Uh, I don't always get it right, that is. But nothing came up for that one. So you have either an incredibly unique name, way to go, or it's a username. Uh, Ben Huff, Michael Blanchett, Andy, uh, Maybell Bulahan, Connor Jenke, Elizabeth, Theoretical YouTube Channel, and Mastercraft64. Thank you for all of your support over uh, on Patreon. If you would like to support us on Patreon, uh, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash popcorn culture. Uh, we have three tiers. They're all the same dollar figure. It's basically mm. just casting your vote as to who is the one true host of the pop cast here. Mm-hmm. And each week we release uh, after the final pop, which is just an additional 15, 20 minutes of listening time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but otherwise guys until next week, pop, pop, pop,